Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Giants. I'm your host, Art Stapleton of The Record. You can read all my coverage of the New York Giants on NorthJersey.com, in the print editions of The Record, and across the USA Today network. It is Monday, November 20th. Belated happy birthday to my father yesterday. And, well, what do you know? The New York Giants, 10.5-point underdogs... Pull off the 12-9 offensive thriller in overtime, beating the AFC West leading Chiefs at MetLife Stadium. You know, it was one of those flip-the-script-for-a-day games where the Giants played hard. There was no question about quitting or effort. The Giants earned that win yesterday. Maybe it was more of a statement about the Kansas City Chiefs and what a pathetic performance for a team trying to get out of its own way coming out of the bye. So much for that Andy Andy Reid 16-2 record coming out of the bye. Boy, it's almost like Kansas City's still on the bye. Now, the weather at MetLife Stadium certainly contributed to that game. Blustery wind conditions, early Sunday morning, it was up to 50-mile-an-hour winds. By game time at kickoff, it was 25-mile-an-hour winds. And if you saw the extra point that Aldrick Rosas missed, the ball just hung up there and then pushed right. Uh, It was almost like it was out of the matrix in terms of what it looked like and kind of freezing in air before it sailed right. And they missed that PAT. And obviously, uh, if this were a situation where the Giants were trying to get into the playoffs, Aldrich Rosas' job security would certainly be tenuous. But as it is, the team is sticking with him and trying to get him going. And then he delivers in overtime that kick to win the game 12-9. Now, a couple, you know, I posted my five takeaways on NorthJersey.com on Monday. You can read about that. Eli Manning giving a fiery speech in the pregame. You know, that's one thing about Eli Manning. When he talks up, his teammates listen. Uh, You know, that's a guy who doesn't speak up often. So when he does, you know it's time. You know, there are a lot of people who wish that Eli talked up more, uh, just being more of a vocal leader. Uh, But then it kind of dulls that message when he actually does. So if he talked more, what he was saying might not carry as much weight as he did. But as Orleans Darqua said on Monday, you know, look, if two Super Bowl rings don't carry enough weight, then I don't know what to, what to say. You know, and that's pretty much it. You know, if Eli Manning steps up in front of the room, the Giants should follow. He's he's one of one of two guys in the room with two Super Bowl rings from the Giants. You know, that matters. Obviously, Jonathan Casillas has two Super Bowl rings as well, and he's the defensive captain. So, maybe no coincidence that Casillas, Manning, and Diasi are the voted-in captains for the Giants, considering they're the ones with the two Super Bowl rings apiece. Uh, But... I touched on that a little bit in my takeaways, but I wanted to talk more about my 
the, the column I wrote, and that was off the game yesterday. You know, the media, we, I, I don't want to say we because I didn't see it that way, and obviously I wrote it, but, man, it was trying hard after the game to kind of make this, you know, the Giants won this one for Ben McAdoo. And as hard as, as, hard as some reporters tried, it just wasn't there in the locker room. That's not what they were saying. You know, and my opinion going back to last week when the when ownership put out its statement, it wasn't necessarily a vote of confidence for Ben McAdoo or Jerry Reese or really anyone else in the front office or on the coaching staff. What it was was an edict to the locker room that, look, you guys thought you were going to, if any of you, let me rephrase, if any of you thought you were going to lay down and make us fire the head coach or fire any of your assistants, we're not going to do that. So if you want to play for the Giants, you better play for the Giants and play for yourself, and you better respect these coaches for the rest of the season. And to me, that was the message that ownership sent. So I think that was really what carried through the entire week. Yes, Ben McAdoo was coaching for his job. Yes, Jerry Reese's job is on the line. Although I'm really not convinced that Jerry Reese will lose his job, but that's for another day. Uh, And this locker room, as Jonathan Casillas said yesterday so perfectly, I'm not playing to save a coach's job. I'm playing to save my own job. And that, I think, was a point that people missed coming out of this Kansas City game. Is that there were Giants here who were playing for each other. They needed to. And that's what was missing in San Francisco. I think there were a lot of one-on-one situations when 11 men were on the field. Defensively, maybe offensively. You know, the situation here, defense... The talent is there on paper. Now, yes, it's lacking right now at linebacker, and guys are banged up. Uh, you can talk about what you want there. Offensively, I believe it, you know they're at a disadvantage talent-wise. You know, when you take yesterday, when you don't have Odell and Brandon and Sterling Shepard not on the field, you know, look, you're you're gonna be shorthanded a little bit. And then I think it also points out to this offense, as constituted the plays, uh, is it broken? Is it too stale? Do they need to kind of reinvent this offense again? I know they just did this back in 2014, but it may be time to do that again. But they've been running the ball pretty well. This offensive line has played pretty well. Uh, But like I said, I think this is more of a big-picture look at the players uh, at being on this team. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit. But first, want to remind you, Locked On Giants is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, Giants might not be in the playoffs, but if you're into the NFL, check out Locked On NFL. You can go and subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. They're located on Panopoly. That's our new platform as partners with Megaphone. So make sure you go out and check Subscribe and lock in to the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Locked On Giants, your team every day, and we appreciate your audience. So, 
you start analyzing that game, and I, I really don't want to go into play, you know, play by play for for this game. I mean, look, I give a lot of credit to the fans who were in that building. I know at one point, you know, it looked empty. Then it was three quarter filled. Then, you know, fans leave throughout the game. That wind was brutal yesterday. I mean, I got out of my car and my door swung open. Uh, when I was going through security at MetLife Stadium at the media gate, uh, the person in front of me accidentally knocked over the little bowl that you put your wallet in when you go through the uh, metal detector, and my wallet fell down, and here I am. I'm like George Costanza chasing after his wallet uh, when all the papers went flying. Uh, it's all I need is my, to lose my Amtrak ticket for uh, for heading down to D.C. on the weekend on Thanksgiving for the Giants Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, but look, it was brutal yesterday. So I give fans a lot of credit for being in that building. Uh, and I give the Giants as a team credit for being able to come back, uh, come back off of two embarrassing losses. There's no other way to cut it and kind of turn that embarrassing label around and put it on the chiefs because, if roles were reversed, and that was the kind of performance that the Giants put on as a division leader and a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, uh, they would be ripped, and deservedly so. So, a couple couple keys in the game that I, I think were you know were important. Um, obviously, the play, Jason Pierre-Paul hitting Travis Kelsey. The ball going off of Kelsey's shoulder pad right to Snacks Harrison for his interception. That was a nice splash play. Um, you know, Janoris Jenkins' interception, boy, one week after he was feeling it and people were calling him for, to be cut and traded and everything else, he comes out and shows why he's a good player. I mean, uh, should have had another interception. It was kind of a questionable uh, pass interference call, but you know we saw a couple of those yesterday. Pass interference offensively, OPI against Evan Ingram on a pass play that would have put the ball inside the five yard line. Uh, that was a questionable call, real ticky tack. I thought, um, you know, look, this offensive line, they actually have something going here a little bit. It's not perfect, you know. DJ Fluker kind of brings that toughness at right guard. Eric Flowers, according to Pro Football Focus, has not given up a sack since week two. It's a pretty good streak. I still think that that Flowers and the evaluation with his play is complicated. I think you have to give him credit. I also think he's a, a part of this Giants offense that is now they're doing things, getting the ball quick, out quickly, running the football. They're doing things that's taking the pressure off of the offensive line, which is a good thing. Um, is Eric Flowers, you know, does he go from being the 32nd best left tackle in football to the 20th best left tackle in football? I'm not sure. I, I can't make that assessment without seeing the entire league. But I do know that he's playing a lot better than what he was early on in the season uh, and he is not a reason uh, why this team is struggling, which I think says a lot about him and maybe says a little bit about the faith that the Giants have shown in him. Now, again, 
That does not mean that they should not and they would not have been a better team or maybe even a playoff team if they had signed Andrew Whitworth or if they had drafted, done something to draft someone, uh, get a Garrett Bowles or, or whether they maybe they would have gone for a Ryan Ramchick. Uh, but Ramchick's really more of a right tackle. Uh, and then that brings me to Chad Wheeler, you know, undrafted out of USC. You know, I talked to Justin Pugh briefly in the locker room last week. I asked him about what he thought about Chad Wheeler. And he said, look, I made my, my NFL debut, my pro debut, against DeMarcus Ware. He's like, Wheeler gets Justin Houston. He's like, good luck. He's like, you're going to work at it. You're going to do everything you can. He said he's a confident kid. He's like, but look, sometimes you get caught on the short end, and if you don't perform, uh, that guy is going to embarrass you. Now, Justin Houston did not embarrass the Giants yesterday. Chad Wheeler did very well. Had a nice block on Orleans Darkwood's touchdown run. Uh, Rhett Ellison has played well the last couple weeks. Uh, finally being the, the blocking tight end that the Giants thought they were going to get. You know, Mike Sullivan taking over as offensive coordinator has not produced the kind of points that the Giants would like or they need to be a true contender down the road. This offense still can't score. I mean, let's be honest, it still can't score. Um, even when they had their talent, they weren't able to score. That is a problem. But the philosophy they've been able to show with Sullivan at the call, they've been able to show a willingness to run the football. It's settled the offensive line down some. And I think they've kind of shown that, you know what, maybe maybe it is within this offense that they can do these things. But... Again, you're not going to play in the NFL, in today's NFL, to win 12-9. You just can't. And you have to be able to see the forest through the trees. And this is a tree, but there's a bigger forest here. So now the Giants are still 2-8. and eight. Yes, they avoided the worst, law, the worst start after 10 games since 1976. It's a... You know, look, you can't take away credit from teams for winning a football game. And I give the Giants a lot of credit. And now they've got to go against a Washington team at home who's at the other end of the spectrum. Washington just lost running back Chris Thompson. He's out for the season. Terrell Pryor is officially out for the season. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball all over the place on, on Sunday night. Excuse me, Thursday night. Washington just went down to New Orleans, had a 15-point lead with three minutes to go, and blew the game. So they're going to be reeling on a short week. This is a good opportunity for the Giants. Get some momentum. Maybe go down there. Control the ball. Play good defense. They win this game on Thursday night. Then you know what? They're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. I say, you know what? It's a good job. Maybe the Giants do have something rolling here. But for one Sunday, the Giants showed that they had some pride. You know, there's that sign outside the the locker room as they walk to the field, that Giants pride sign that the players kind of all slap it, almost like the Play Like Champions Today sign out at Notre Dame. For the Giants, this is the first time they've shown pride in a good while. I think as Giants fans, as a fan base, you need to enjoy this one. I know, I know, I know. You're worried that it's going to affect their draft spot. Well, guess what? It didn't. They were third last week. They're third now. 
behind San Francisco and Cleveland, which is essentially locking up the number one spot as we speak. So a lot can happen between now and draft day as far as your where you're at. These Giants can still finish 2-14. and 14. I mean, let's be honest. They've got six games to go. They're not going to be favor- favored to win any of them. I mean, I guess the only game that they'll be favored to win is if they beat Washington on Thanksgiving, and then all of a sudden they come back in Week 17 and Washington doesn't have anything to play for, then I could see the Giants being favored at home. So that's kind of where we're at. I will be down in Landover on Thanksgiving, but right now the the idea is just to do a couple shows heading into Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know how many shows we're going to be doing over the holiday with the game on Thursday night and then Friday, but uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can get some stuff. I'm traveling on the day of the game down, and uh, so it's going to be difficult, but I will do what I can. But we will have shows Tuesday and Wednesday. That At least that's my plan, and we appreciate you listening and coming back strong. So enjoy the win. I know you're still two and eight, but at least for one day you enjoy you should enjoy a Monday in which your team picked up a victory in your home building and kind of made you feel at least a a little good about where you are on a Monday in November. <laughs>